Hi, I'm Pat Foran. Welcome to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap, a podcast for working indie artists, aspiring music artists, and fans. Each week, I interview a different guest who has a proven track record in the biz or related field. I talk with producers, promoters, audio engineers, managers, songwriters, bands, social media experts, veteran and novice artists too, about their experiences and recommendations. I'll get answers to some of the hows and whys of today's music business, which you will find invaluable in navigating the chaotic world of today's music industry. Today's guest is indie artist Lisa Coppola. Let's get going. Hello. Hey, how are you? Let me adjust my volume. How's it going? Doing all right. Doing all right. I usually use this really like monstrous studio mic. You probably can't see because I have a background up. Okay. But it's I'm gonna go with the uh, the Logic Cam tonight. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks. How about yourself? <laughs> Hanging in there, all right. Hanging in there, all right. So it's been a while. I know, and so and... much has transpired <laughs> since the last time you and I um, kind of. I think that we met at a. Um, at the New Hope showcase I was doing that you hooked me up with, right? And the last time that I saw you, you were sitting at the bar with your wife, I believe, for Tracy Souza's oh. something or other. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, you definitely came out to the showcase at Havana. Yeah. Um, which is no longer um, a thing. Um, but... Um, I'm trying to think of where I met you first. I was trying to think of that today and I couldn't. I couldn't no, remember. it was Havana. I mean, you, you reached oh. out to me and booked me on the show, I think. And, um, and we did it. I had, I had Tracy on background vocals, Tracy Souza on oh, background okay. vocals. I had Robin Tricker on background vocals and Jim Poppick playing guitar. Okay. So yeah, that's where yeah, I met you. I think it, maybe it was through Jim. Probably. We met. Yeah, thanks. So. so that's that's a possibility. Yeah. And then um <clears throat> I think you hooked me up with the um indie collab. Um was it I forgot yeah. what it's called. I think Great it's called. organization. It's a fabulous organization. Have you had productive time interacting with people there? Uh some. I <clears throat> my issue right now for the past few years has been um that I developed fibromyalgia in 2019. Okay. So it's kind of slowed me down. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, it really slowed me down for a couple of years. Um, And so I was just, well, right after I got sick, that's when COVID hit about a year later. Right. So I was like, um, kind of like uh, a shut in, so to speak. And, uh, and then everybody, I felt like everybody joined me the next we all year. Were. <laughs> <laughs> the next year. It was, was so like, bizarre, oh, okay. wasn't it? What a bizarre time to live. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, and there's a lot to that, <laughs> to unwrap, which we don't want to get into. But um, <clears throat> yeah, well, the, the weird thing is, well, not the weird thing, but um, pandemics, my, <clears throat> we, we grew up with a story about my grandmother, my mother's mother. Um, I'm in this building right now, and this is a 
it's an old storefront mm -hmm. uh, in Lambertville. And it was my grandmother's, grandmother's and grandfather's grocery store. Oh, cool. So she was really sick. My grandmother was really successful. Our grandparents, um, they had a couple of businesses and multiple properties and this and that. And um, so the main thing was she, she owned this grocery store and she, um, so she was popular, like every, like just about everybody knew her around, you know, in the vicinity. So um, there were a lot of stories. And one of the stories was about the, the 1918, was it 1918 pandemic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the story was that <clears throat> her brother's wife, he had two children at the time, his brother's, her brother's wife and nephew um, came down with the flu, the, mm -hmm. the, the 1918 flu. Right. And that's and, what it was, right? Wasn't it a Spanish influenza or yeah, something? Yeah, it was eventually called the Spanish influenza. Yeah. And um, anyway, so we grew up with this story where the mother died and the baby died, the little boy died. But our one aunt that we grew to know, uh, or my her uh, niece, my grandmother's niece, which we, we called her aunt, um, you know, we, we were related, but it was her, my grandmother's brother's family. Um, we, we got to know her. She was, she was great. We, we loved her. Um, but it, like, it didn't really hit, it never really hit home, you know, about that because it was so distant. Right. And know, it's like the like story that only happens in old times. Yes. Old times, olden days, because we feel like we, we've become so, uh, so far ahead with science and everything. Yes, but technology. It's a virus. It can transform itself and turn into bizarre mutations of itself. So you're, we unfortunately had experience with it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, so I told my kids that, like, when it first started, I said, well, be careful. This was before, you know, it really hit. It was starting up. And I told my kids the story. I said, well, there was a 1918, my grandmother, and the blah, 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 blah. And, um, so, you know, I think, I think that work for them to like, be careful and, you know, um, don't take things for granted. Don't take for granted, you know, that wear the mask or whatever. I don't, yeah. like I said, I don't, there's a lot to, to unwrap with that. So I don't want to get into this, this or this, this or that, like vaccines and not vaccines, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, um, but anyway, <laughs> talk about that. But what I can tell you is I had COVID and unfortunately, oh. Came, came out of it with uh, asthma now. Oh, no. But one of the things that I have, um, I always try to turn a, a negative into a positive if I can. So I started working out with um, some personal trainers that are in the area here. Um, I don't even mind plugging them, Pratt um, Training. And I've been, <laughs> first, when I started working cardio with some of their people, these young ladies would tell me, okay, now get on the... Get on the um, get on the treadmill. Give me what you got for three minutes, and I'm like, oh my god, they're killing me! <laughs> but then I would look at the Fitbit on my wrist and be like, oh, it hardly even moved. So apparently they're not killing me. And so the upshot of all that is I'm I'm about into the third week now. I am breathing so much better. I was wow. I used to wake up and cough quite a bit. You know, it's like mm. they call it long COVID. Yeah. So, Unfortunately, I, I had it, 
but I seem to be working through it. So hopefully, hopefully with your situation, you can find something that, that you can do proactively to maybe make it better. I don't know about it. Yeah, I was hoping, I was hoping that COVID would fix it. <laughs> Whatever I had, like, <laughs> side effect. What it, it did not. So, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I've, I've, I'm learning to deal with it. It's still rough. And, you know, I was, I, I opt, like we had the discussion about the, what time to do this and everything. I, I opt for earlier in the day because at night, sometimes I'm a little uh, dingy. I get a little like, uh, no, I, I fully understand right. that. I, I, um, I apologize for, for oh, no, no. moving us around, but I saw the sun outside and I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to get some sun. You know, we, um, my husband, my husband, John and I took a little vacation and we went to the Dominican Republic to an all-inclusive, which was absolutely wonderful. But you know what? It was kind of a go, go, go vacation. And we tend to do that. I came back and got right back into, you know, normal activity. By the time I got to the weekend, I was like, oh, my God, I need a nap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm feeling you, Pat. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you've got to keep up with those multivitamins so we can keep that energy level going at this stage of the game, right? How long do I know you? Almost 10 <laughs> years, maybe? Yeah, probably close to that, yeah. Yeah, so. um, yeah it's... Um, yeah, well, I've gotten into like a lot of supplements and this and that that have helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so that's one thing that's like, I'm not afraid to book things, but I'm like taking my time, trying one thing at a time, doing a booking here or going out. I went to an open mic the other night and <clears throat> I um, I only did about four songs, I think, four or five songs. Okay. And um I mean, I was tired after, afterwards, yeah. but, but then again, like I'm not doing it like I used to either. So you kind of have to build up your performance, um, your singing performances and mm-hmm. right. So there's a, I call it game shape. So you have to get into game shape yeah. and rehearsing and, you know, get into the whole thing. So I, I don't do that as much now, so I can't really say, but I mean, I have, I've performed, um, longer shows, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, so, so let's say, so you see, um, <clears throat> Mick Jagger, I heard that, I don't know if this is true, but someone said he jogs so many miles per day or something. Well, you know something, he's kind of an anomaly, right? You look at all the rock stars and he was always the one that had that little extra something, right? I, he's. It's not a, like a normal guy. <laughs> well, I think you got to go through the eras, you know. So 80, it was, it was probably <laughs> a substance, a certain substance. Yeah. And it, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so like, but I'm like, I don't think he does. They said he does 10 miles a day. I'm like, I don't think he does 10 miles a day. But I got what they were saying, you know. So, um, but yeah, I call it game shape because I when I used to play sports, um, either you're prepping for the season and you, you're doing scrimmages, you're doing practices and scrimmages. And then college, I think we had like three hour practices like during the week. Yeah. Um, and then we'd have a light practice on Friday before a game on Saturday. I did soccer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you go like weeks 
I don't know, let's say we, we practice for maybe a month before the first game, maybe five weeks. And you get out on the field and, you know, you think you're running hard, but um, you're, you don't, you're not able to do things that you would normally do, like maybe from last year you remembered or um, not quite as quick. It takes right, a few. But, but wait a minute, <clears throat> hold on. Takes I a few want games. to say something about, mm-hmm. about singing, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I noticed that a lot of singers get into their own heads a lot. And um, for me, I was fortunate enough that when I got the whim, I was going to go back to school at my age and get my, my bachelor's degree. And You're 25, right? <laughs> 25, <laughs> right? So I decided I was going to go back to school. And when I was, I was searching for part-time work and I found an agency that started booking me for, um, I'm basically going out as one of their country singers for country private events. Hmm. And so it was amazing how when you have to, you can get in shape really fast. And so I, I'm lucky in that now I'm still working with that agency. And so I, I do a few gigs a month. I, I don't push myself as hard as I used to. Pat, it was, I lived in a time where I would live on planet gig in the summer. That's what we called it when I was in <laughs> living on planet gig. <laughs> but now I take the ones that I want to and that I know that I can handle. I, I don't overtax my body. I, I know what my limitations are. And I also know that if I am put on the spot where there's a gig coming next week, I know how to woodshed it efficiently so that I can, I mean, I've studied voice long enough and I've studied with some amazing, amazing, amazing coaches. I've studied with Katie Agresta located in New York city and also Andy King of the New York vocal center. So these guys have given me, um, so like you're talking about scrimmage, I have a whole slew of um, exercises that I can do so I can get in shape. So if I know I'm going to go out and I have to sing Miranda Lambert, who is a fantastic singer, if I have to sing that cover for that particular event, I know what I need to do as far as getting my voice in shape to be able to do that effectively. So it's kind of fun. And you know... Speaking of great singers, I watched a documentary last night. I did not have a gig last night, and I watched a documentary about Donna Summer. Have you seen it yet? Um, I don't think so. I think I, I saw the trailer. I think it's new, and oh my goodness. Boy, what a, what a voice, what a talent, what an incredible performer. She was very theatrical in, mm. in what she did. She brought a lot of theater to her performances. Oh. I always loved her when I was a kid and it made me fall back in love with her again. So, yeah, well, that's a whole other discussion, right? So that, that I, I kind of touch on with people like performance. Um, Who are your influences? Stick, you know, well, I just want to finish my, my thought about the, oh, um, sorry. It's okay. I can go off on a tangent. <laughs> no, but you're right. But, but the other thing that you have is you have experience. Well, yeah. So, Maybe I think maybe you weren't getting prepped so fast when you were first starting out, mm. right? I well, mean, because I, I first starting out, I, I have to tell you, Pat. I I started singing when I was little, and I just 
started studying and singing and studying and singing and I never I never let it lapse. Okay. Like it, it's always been a part That's, of my soul. So, yeah. you know, I don't go away from it. Like a when you're in a sports team, right? You have a season and yes. then everybody goes to a rest season. I don't really do that. I mean, I right. I'll take some time off, but then I come I come back to it fairly quickly and I ramp up again pretty quickly. Well, I mean, when from from the individual standpoint, you know, yes, um, like I feel I can perform on, you know, on, you know, get, getting a couple of rehearsals in the week before or three. I usually start out at least two weeks ahead of time if I haven't been playing. Mm -hmm. Start out. And then if it's a bigger event, like if it's going to be a longer event, I start at least a month out where I'm, you know, I like to... I like to do a lot of singing <laughs> and I'm not that this is, this is far, further down the road, but <clears throat> because I wanted to talk about my, my singing, but, but my, my point about the, um, the scrimmaging, the rehearsing is, is for the band perspective, mm -hmm. like for the band getting tight and tighter and tighter. Yeah. Um, that, that's what I was pointing to. Like, right. um, like as a team, like soccer, like as a team sport, there's the individual um, contribution, but then there's also the team contribution. And I mean, you might be at a hundred percent, but um, there's a mental aspect to it too. And the um, um, it's a reaction time mm -hmm. is the other part of it. Yeah. Um, so I, what I was just saying was, I think by the, like the second or third game, you're really starting to, get into game shape. And so if you came in and you, you tried to go on the field with, if you were injured and you went out and then you started practicing with the team for a few weeks before your first game and you went on that field with that team um, after they've been playing for a few weeks, you know, you still, you have some catch up to do. Um, so what I was trying to say was, um, and not that you couldn't have a good game or you wouldn't, you might be the best player on the, on the pitch, you know, but um it's just that's just my take on it, but um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't always sing a lot. I'm a guitarist too, so yeah, I'll put some time into guitar playing, but then I'm a songwriter, so I'll put my my time that I get with music is songwriting. So I might be singing, but I'm not singing. Singing, I'm not like performance. That's not a performance, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or prepping for a performance. I'm just humming a tune or whatever. Or, or, or working on some lyrics. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you see, you're a singer, you're a vocalist. I sing. But, but I'm also, <laughs> I've, because of different periods in my career and lack of money, I am now also a producer. <laughs> I was a songwriter all, all the way along, but a producer, a vocal uh, engineer, a a vocal arranger, a video producer, a video oh, editor, it, all these things, because yeah. when you're an indie artist and based upon the project that you're working on, you've either got money or you don't have money. So if you don't have money, you better learn how to do it and learn how to do it inexpensively and well. And so, you know, we become very well-rounded <laughs> yes. because whether you want to or not, it's the mother <laughs> of invention, right? So yeah. there you go. 
Yeah. So that's one of the topics I cover is like, how many hats do you actually have to wear? How many hats do you want to wear? How many hats do you have to wear? Um, Well, I, there's a distinction. I mean, I didn't grow up as a vocalist. I never, I had this this discussion just recently with another guest Mm -hmm. and uh, the, the, there was a, the well-wish. Do you know them? I do not. Do not. Uh, From uh, Long Branch, out of Long Branch. And, um, but uh, it's a husband and wife team. And so the wife is the main singer. Okay. And so I got into this discussion with her and, and it's a similar thing. It's like, she was always singing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and you're good at it. So you were probably good at it from a young age, you know, I mean, I could carry a tune, but I wasn't a singer, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I didn't really develop as a singer until I went to college and had to take a vocal class, voice class and started working on, classical music like italian german yeah i don't know if we did spanish i remember italian and german for sure Mm -hmm. um and um and then of course the english version uh but uh you know vocalese and that's how i learned how to sing so i was like what 21 maybe when i first actually started to really sing yeah so 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 i mean a little bit later yes but do you love it? Do you love it? I love, I like, I like to express, you know, I like music, like making music and playing music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do. I do in the spirit of the song. Um, <clears throat> but I can't say like, I think I, I think, I don't think I'm, I'm like, who, who would a male singer be? That's, you know, virtuo, virtuoso, virtue. Josh Groban. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with him, but um, um, I know the name. Pavarotti. Um, well, <laughs> yes, yes. Those are virtuosos. Yes, no, I'm not in that. I'm not yeah. in that uh, in that area area code. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I do like to sing. So I mean, some of my influences you asked are like, um, you know, rock mainly rock music, but some folk music. Mm-hmm. But on the rock side, um, I was just watching some documentary about Hart mm-hmm. and Wilson and um and then of course I'm a big like I was grew up like a big Led Zeppelin fan yeah me too so I probably shade my vocals that way but then I did Journey you know um I used to have to sing like top 40 so I did Journey and all those you know 80s type um heavy guitar ballads whatever they were called Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I loved that era. That was Bon Jovi. Yeah, so yeah. great, so great. That time in music was was very special, and I remember, you know, it was. I was first on the cover circuit with a band called The Click, and I remember just on a weekly basis, everything that came onto the radio, it was just like one song was better than the next. Yeah. It was such a very special time for music. And we were doing Top 40 at the time. It was the first time I had ever met Tom and Chrissy Nigra. They are the people who founded the Party Dolls. So I went on later mm-hmm. to to join that group. And um, man, it was just such a, a fun time, really fun time. Um, so I'm trying to think of who else. Well, of course, I mean, you know, I, I've heard 
you know, the fifties singers, 1950s, mm-hmm. um, the, what do you call those guys? Uh, do up. Do up. Yeah. So my brother listened to that stuff. He liked that stuff early on. And, um, I, I didn't like it. I mean, I, I didn't, I was not a fan no? of that stuff. No, I liked rock and, um, so I don't even remember, but of course I did listen to Dylan. I mean, Dylan was around and, um, it was on the radio, whatever was on the radio. So Motown, mm-hmm. um, AM radio at the time. Yeah. Motown. And of course there was all the pop stuff, you know, the pop rock and some, I liked some of the bands. I didn't like everything, but, um, but you know, some of the vocal vocals were, see, like my, I always bring my son up, <laughs> my youngest son. Mm-hmm. He has a big boomy voice and it's, to- it's always resonant, you know, okay. like just like, um, you know, like Sia. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's, that's the thing about her vocals are, are there. She's very resonant in her, in her, um, uh, renderings, you know? Um, and I mean, she, she can do more multiple things, but, um, that's the thing that I like that I don't have. Cause I, I have asthma. You mentioned asthma. I have asthma and my voice gets a little dulled a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll go hoarse. So I have to like stay on top of that. And, um, but usually like, that's probably why I like getting out and singing a lot because it forces me to push it a little bit more than if I stay home and practice. Yeah. If I, you have to practice, but I mean, um, that that's the performance aspect that I was talking about. So I won't, I won't do it as much at home because I'm not, I don't have to be loud. So, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's part of it, but yes, I can do it at home too. But, <laughs> um, so, so, well, who are your influences? I mean, so my influences actually began in country. And so okay. probably the first concert I ever went to was, was like a festival. And I recall Tammy Wynette performing. Oh. So it was an outdoor festival, probably in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It seems to ring a bell in my head. And um, so Tammy Wynette, I recall her performing D-I-V-O-R-C-E. <laughs> And I was kind of hooked on country at the time. Then Pat Benatar came along and I was like, whoa! (laughs) And I would commit vocal suicide in my room trying to sing promises in in the dark. (laughs) Then I sought out a vocal coach and then I was able to do it without killing myself. Um, So Pat Benatar was a big one for me. A lot of those 80s um, singers. Um, There was one that just came up. What's that? Patty Smythe. Patty Smythe. Okay. Huge. Patty Smythe and Scandal. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I got to see them uh, several times in the area, perform in the area. They, they performed at Montclair state college on a double bill with cheap trick. I remember that like it was yesterday and I remember seeing her on stage and her performance on stage was so good live. And I was like, that's going to be me. I, I think I'm going to be running around like a crazy person like she does. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she's, she inspired me very much, very much. Now, there was, there was another 80s vocalist who came up. Um, they played one of her songs on – did you watch Stranger Things? No. My husband, John, it hooked on that show, absolutely hooked. So I don't, I don't really know it. I think her, her – um, 
No, I can't remember if the show. I think they have one more season, maybe. But I think her song, and I'm trying to think of her name, but her 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 song was in the finale of the last season. Um, you can't recall her name. Uh, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, and I know if, if John were here, he would know off the top of his head. But he's at a gig. So. I think she was... Um, I think she was an operatic singer. Um, Kate Bush? Kate Bush, yes. Kate Bush! Yes. Another another huge yeah. influence of mine, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The, um, the, the album, I think it was called The Red Shoes. It has red ballerina shoes on the cover. And I used to just, I remember putting on that album to everything. I had it on loop. I would clean the house to it. I would get ready in the morning <laughs> to it. I would, you know, and of course sing to it. Um, Wuthering Heights was another song by her that Pat Benatar covered hmm. that was very operatic in nature. And that also was so exciting to discover holy crap, I can hit those notes all the way up there. How fun. And so I think that that was, you know, just a discovery of how much I love the instrument and love being able to sing. I just, it's, it's such a gift. My father was an opera singer. My mother wow. sang choir. And, um, and so I guess I got it from both parents mm. and, um, and mom played all those AM radio people that you're talking about, all that <laughs> Motown. Yeah. And, you know, from the time I was a really little baby. So I, I heard it coming up. Yeah. I mean, I remember hearing Stevie Wonder and, um, you know, people, people have been asking, I've been trying to get into this sync music thing. And so one of the things you have to do is you have to explain like, what is your music, where's your music from or what it, what do you think your music is or who do you sound like? And I'm right. like, Oh my God, I have no idea. <laughs> like you really have to be able to categorize. Yes. Yeah. You have to be able to say, okay, sounds like. But I, I listened to, I listened to a Stevie wonder Christmas song last year mm -hmm. that I don't remember ever hearing. Um, or maybe I thought it sounded familiar. I don't remember, mm -hmm. but um, I don't remember the Christmas song either. But I was like, he does in that song, he did everything that I kind of do when I think about creating a song. Um, and uh, I don't know, he put a little grit in it or, oh, so it's the main thing is the rise, right? The, mm -hmm. the um, I guess it has, it has a pop kind of, uh, it's a pop treatment. So you're, you know, you're always trying to lift the song lift the verse or the chorus i mean over top of the verse um, it's supposed to be but not not every song is like that but typically right yeah um and um when i listened to the song i was like oh my god like i think i'm heavily influenced by stevie wonder <laughs> which is right? very cool so it's like can't do any better than that <laughs> thousands of other people <laughs> that i've listened to so i was talking to a friend of mine about it and he says, oh, yeah, he says he had another friend who's like a national act who um, who says that he's heavily influenced by Stevie Wonder. And then we, we started talking about it. But I ne it never dawned on me. I always loved, and especially his early music, loved um, the uh, 
the types of songs that he did. Because uh, I'm like kind of at heart, I'm a rock and roller, but I'm also like bluesy, that bluesy mm-hmm. side. Um, yeah. But that that transcends into country also. And I I played country for a while. I was in a I was in one country band for a short stint, but mm-hmm. uh, my dad listened to country music. Um, he listened to all of the country greats, and uh, we were forced to listen. We were forced to watch the Grand Old Opry on weekends, and you know I was I was a rock and roller. Right, and I couldn't take it. <laughs> and then like so, I was probably I was young, so probably like ten years later. By the time I got, I was good enough. I was playing country. I was playing stuff off the records, you know, like just picking it up, mm-hmm. trying to learn it and stuff. Um, and of course, one was Chet Atkins, yeah, uh, guitar. But um, so you liked country. Your dad was a op- opera singer. That's amazing. He was. He was. He actually had the opportunity to tour in the United States. He was from Italy. Wow. And um, my grandmother refused, and you know. He held that grudge until the day right. she passed away. Um, jokingly, of course, Mama, you didn't let me go. You know, um, he did have that opportunity to tour. And he can still sing to this day. He goofs around in the kitchen um, when he's cooking. He became a chef. And so so that was quite lovely. Well, I mean, from what I know, my grandmother came from Italy. My grandmother that owned this place that I'm, I talked about. Um, the storefront the store yeah 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 and so she was always singing but I she sang in Italian so I had no idea what she was singing and when I was growing up it wasn't cool to learn a foreign language you know okay. because people were assimilating still and um, it was before the you know but you know you still had my wife's family they grew up in a German like a German area in New York and Queens. So there were like the Germans hung together and the Italians hung together and the Irish hung together, you know, er- early on back yeah. in the day. Back and um, uh, so my grandmother came out of that and here she moved into an Irish neighborhood when, so she was one of the first Italians in the Irish neighborhood in Lambertville. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, people was like, Oh, well, Lambertville is not that big, but it's like, well, if you live there, it's pretty big, you know I mean? Cause you're, you have a lot of neighbors. Um, but you know, it's a little city and, um, but anyway, I, I always talk about my father's side singing, like they would sing Irish songs Okay. and I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with that. I mean, I enjoyed them, but I didn't want to participate because mm-hmm. um, I was into rock music at the time and I didn't want anything. It wasn't cool, you know, to learn old songs for me. Um, and it was the same thing with my grandmother. Like I, I was like, oh, I don't get it. Like, what are you singing? You're like, <laughs> and you know, from from me hearing it a lot, um, I picked it up. So later on, if if I was ever, and there was a, a period of time that I was doing quite a few weddings. That was, I guess, I don't know, mid to late nineties. I was singing weddings because you know the the, yeah. the money at the time, right? And and I still love a wedding. There, there's nothing wrong with singing a wedding. I know that there are some rockers who would beg to differ with me, but maybe because they they just don't like the material. But I would get on a wedding and I'd be called upon to sing in Italian. Bang, sing in Italian. Sing in Spanish, 
got it. Singing <laughs> Yiddish, I got it. Singing, what, what else? I mean, really, those are, are the big three, I guess, Italian, Spanish, and Yiddish. Yeah, well, see, your, your, your experience harkens back to the vaudeville days. Kind right? of. Right? Publishes I mean, it's that chain of, you know, you're an entertainer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, which I, I don't feel like I have. I'm I'm just a I'm just a rocker like a pop whatever. Well, I, I think that that a lot of like okay, rounded, you know, like a yeah, rounded. I'm rounded because I worked with somebody who, unfortunately, is has gone from us. Um, his name was Vinny Tallarico, and so Vinny Vinny made sure that we had that kind of well-rounded show thing going on at all times. Vinny was a great singer. He hmm. had been signed to. Um, Sony as a younger man yeah. and later went on before he passed away he became a cruise ship headliner singer and so I had exposure to him and he kind of taught me you know the, the real professionalism that goes along with that so he was amazing I mean I think it I think it goes along like if you look at acting mm -hmm. look at movie actors today um versus um actors like when i grew up all the big stars like maybe not so much john wayne i mean he was a sort of a one of a kind like a western star mm, yeah, but yeah. i mean like uh, gene kelly or um uh, van johnson i don't know if you know these names oh i do of course uh, I do. burt lancaster yeah. um now there are some people i just saw the one actress uh, I can't remember her name. Um, I really like her. She, what was the movie that she was just in? She was in the country. I think, was it Netflix or prime? They did George Jones and, um, oh, yeah. um who did you mention before? What was her name? Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. Mm -hmm. About did, their life together. And yeah. Did you I see that? I haven't seen it yet. No. Is Jess it Jessica Chastain? Yes. Well, I just saw um, she did a little interview on TV. She's mm -hmm. doing Broadway. Okay. So, I mean, there are still ways to do that. Um, and some of my friends, like growing up musicians, like they would play Atlantic City or they would play some of these bigger clubs. And like you said, like weddings. Yeah. Um, now, when I first started, I lived in Lambertville. I grew up here. And um, we had one... Well, I mean, I think we had one music teacher, but a guy owned a music store in town. He was great. He was a great musician. But he was like, again, he's trying to teach me all this stuff, like old, like, I'm like, dude, this is like 50s. I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn 50s. Every now and like, then on one of those gigs, you do pull out a song or two from that songbook. Sure. And so it's it's interesting to, to hear them played in today's, kind of feel but they harken back to when they were popular and when they were written it's i don't know it's it's kind so, of fun so i mean like musicians you know going back like one of my mentors he was a arranger well he was a composer but he was also an arranger for uh, stan kenton one of the big bands um touring bands and um so he was like oh man you know you got to know this and so he did help me like I was, I was older, but I did. I finally listened to somebody yeah. and I, I started getting a little different training. I had already been to college 
and left college and he got me some extra training. I studied with this guy who played in Vegas. Um, he's one of the, probably one of the best guitar jazz guitarists oh, great. Uh, in, in the country at the time. I don't know if he's still around or not. I'm not in touch with him, but, um, but anyway, so what I'm saying is like these guys, those people, like some of, some of what you're talking about that you have, your experience um, is very deep. You know, it's a very um, uh, heavy, like a very weighted experience that you have, you know, where mine's kind of, and I, and I played jazz and stuff, but I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have an anchor of, you know, this um, performances of all these different songs that you've done. Well, so. you know, it's, it's funny because I think that it's nice to have it as a basis. Yeah. Um, I'm not really calling upon a lot of that stuff when I'm writing today. Um, but having an understanding of the song form that goes back to the, to the fifties, you might want to take a look at it and bring it in from time to time, depending upon what you're working on. Like right now, I just started writing with somebody who, um, who I used to write with when I was literally a kid, like 16, 17 years old. So we're going to see where this goes. It's, it's interesting to be at this age and to rekindle that partnership. Let's see if he and I come up with anything productive today. You never know what's going to happen once you sit down with somebody and begin collaborating. But it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm writing mostly in Americana. But again, oh. Americana is everything that we talked about. It's blues, yep. it's rock, it's country, it's all those things, all those aspects together. It's a big category that contains all those things. And so, you know, we're Americans. We play <laughs> that stuff. Yeah, um, I do some Americana. Um, but again, like I mentioned earlier, like I have influences like uh, well, Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel. Mm -hmm. um, love, love. I mean, Joni Mitchell, you know, I don't sing like Joni Mitchell, but <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you know, her, her earlier, especially the earlier works. Um, so, so th this is the other thing, like, and I think this is a topic that comes up or, or a um, subject that comes up uh, from time to time. And people will say, well, if you look at trends, and I don't know what the trends are right now in music, but it used to be um, you'd have a new band come out or a new artist, brand new, and they would sound different than anyone else. Yeah. They'd have they'd have a top 10 hit. Um, then they'd have another hit. They'd follow it up. So they were having some success. And they were still like the police, yeah. for instance. Right? When they came out, it was weird what they were doing. They were mixing um, like reggae and rock. Yes. Which they may not have been the only band to do that, but they were the most popular band doing that and most influential band at the time doing that. Yeah. And then, of course, other people followed. So my, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, is that trend like actually happening and they tap into it first? They're on the leading edge or do they create that? Um, do they create that? Um, that's a good Avenue. question. That's you a know? good question. Because they might be grabbing onto something that's beginning to trend and then they become the prominent ones and they're associated with it forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Interesting. So that's that's something I was I've been thinking about lately. It was like because I always thought um they you know, these bands, artists would create a create a trend 
And then everybody would try to jump in on that and which it happens. They try and mimic it, try and mimic the success. Um, in real time, like, you know, somebody will release something months later after that band released something. And, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, so it's kind of hard to figure that out, I think. Um, because it's coming from, it's coming from somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, so, well, how do you, how do you feel about, um, we mentioned about, you have to do, you mentioned how many jobs that you have to do to be, to be an indie <laughs> artist, yes. right? Um, to function as an indie artist, to have some kind of, some kind of presence as an indie artist. And, um, so with that said, I mean, you know, how do you feel about today's music? How do you feel about today's like streaming and trying to get a grasp on that and trying to get some kind of handle on what's going on? Do you, or do you worry about that? Do you think about, do you? No, I don't, I don't worry about it at all. I kind of, for me, the streaming rate is so small. Um, it's, it's fractions of pennies and I've had actually a bona fide hit record. Simon's Kiss in, I think, 2021 was a bona fide hit record. And it it went to, you know, the top of the, the Apple charts. And uh-huh. and it did really, really well for, for me slash us. But the amount of money that came from it was ridiculous. I spent more money in promotion. Okay, so I don't have resentment about it. That is just the nature of where it is right now. And so... But I do know that having that hit record helped me to get jobs later. So these things are all symbiotic and they all feed upon one another. I think that it helps me have that visibility so that when somebody's thinking of of hiring a singer, I'm in the forefront of their imagination because they remember having seen that video (laughs) that I had to edit and produce because we were out of money. Right. And it was the pandemic. And, you know, it's it's you make it happen. So as far as streaming, I don't worry about it anymore. Um, I don't. I know that my colleagues, um, it probably hurts them more. But I'm not relying upon it for money. I don't even. I don't even. It's not even in my thought process. If I'm going to be making money, I know I'm going to be making from making it from actually doing performances. That's where my bread and yes. butter has been. I guess I'm more of a performer um, than any of these other things. But these other things prop up my visibility, and so I understand that. And out of all the hats that we're talking about, Pat, the marketing one is the more more important one. It's more, well, granted, you have to have a good song, and you have to have a, um, a good video. You, the product has to be there. It has to be really good. But the marketing, you know as well as I do. You're, you're doing a podcast here. You know, you have to market the living daylights out of it now when we're done. Otherwise, nobody's going to see it. I had a radio show for a period of a few years, and I knew that as soon as I threw energy and money into promoting it, it went and did very well for me and and my team. But when I kind of stepped back from it, you know, it it was time to do something else. It was time for me to do something else. But I am here to, th- to say that what I feel I have learned is that the marketing part is so important for an independent artist wearing a ton of hats. Yeah. So was that yeah, so, the question? I'm not sure. Yeah. I might have gone on another tangent for you, Pat. No, you covered, you covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, 
so but you mentioned um you have to have a good song first so oh, yeah. so yeah i mean this is after how many years you know um you know you could have been 16 or 17 you already had 10 years or so singing and you know developing your um your vocals and your musicianship um so i just i'm just pointing that out because it's not like you wake up one day and say oh i want to write a song i'm going to, i want to be a musician and then you put something together and throw it out there. No, there um, are. You're right. There are years of prep that people don't see. But I, I think of prep working with the with the coaches. Years of prep studying the songwriting. Years of prep doing all those things. You know, sitting in a room with somebody bouncing song ideas off of each other. And um, yeah, people don't see that part of it. They see the song. They see the release, and they see it either go high or go low. That's yeah. how it is. Well, um, the, you know, one of the problems with the, <clears throat> with the industry um, or the music business um, is that <clears throat> um, anybody can write a song and release it. True. <clears throat> and, and on Spotify. So the gatekeepers are gone, you know, like the, the record in the uh, record companies used to be the gatekeepers and, you know, for good and bad. Um, but now it's, you know, so you're not only competing with other musicians who have worked their tails off. You're also competing with somebody who woke up yesterday <laughs> and, and wrote a decent song and then throws it out on Spotify. And no, there's no, like no, no, a lot no. of that. I never, ever look at that that way. That will make you crazy. Yes. <laughs> you cannot do that. You have to understand that, okay, so maybe I'm philosophical in a sense, but you're, the people who enjoy your music are there for you. They're always going to be your people, right? I'm never, ever, ever going to appeal to the fans of goth rock. I'm yeah. just, it's not going to ever crisscross. But the people who like me will seek me out. And you, I really kind of feel confident about that. There's always going to be a place for my music as there is a place for your music. And I don't feel like I'm ever competing with anyone because you can't ever, ever compare an apple to an orange. Even other female singers that might sound like me and be doing the same genre that I'm singing in, they never will sound exactly like me. And I'm gonna be obnoxious to somebody. Somebody might prefer somebody a lot more sweet and um, you know, a more crystal clear kind of voice, and I might be too in, in somebody's face. That's going to always be there. But I really feel that if you're if you're coming from an honest and creative place, somebody your fan base is going to find you. Yeah. They're and they're going to they'll stay with you. Yeah, on the other side of what I said, 60,000 songs being released per day on Spotify, mm -hmm. um, there's an even greater amount of listener potential listeners for your music. True. So there's millions and millions, right? But so here, someone me, out there. Someone out there will hear you, but I want to tell you this. So when Simon's Kiss first came out, <laughs> I was pumping money into the promotion of it and at a certain point i remember going on spotify and i had sixteen thousand listeners and i was like what <laughs> and as soon as 
and I'm sorry, and I'm going to say this, and I, I really have never said this anywhere publicly, only to my friends, but as soon as I pulled back from promoting it radically, like really, really pumping it, it I think I probably have 10, maybe eight people now yeah. who stayed with me from that 16,000 block. <laughs> that was 2021. And so now we're into 2023. So that's two years ago. But that's what happens. You are well, as <clears throat> prominent as the marketing dictates you are right now. Yeah, it's that's what I you know. You hear this term a lot, algorithm. Mm -hmm. It's the algorithm that, you know, put, will put you in front yep. or pull you back. Right. Or bury you. You know, that's why, like, just simple things like Facebook. If mm -hmm. I post a gig, I'll have five people respond, maybe 10, maybe 20. You know, I could have more than that. But yeah. generally not. You know, I have like almost, <coughs> excuse me, 4,000 friends on right. <coughs> Facebook. And I have met or interacted with most of them. There's a smaller percentage because mm -hmm. that's how I built my Facebook account. I didn't originally did not um, for a long time. I didn't um, friend anyone or connect with anyone who I didn't know or a friend of a friend that I might know or right. I've met or. Um, so it was really organic the way that you did it. Yeah. But then at one point I, I was like, after I started getting out and performing a lot, um, before I got sick, then I was like, oh, well, I don't, this person, like, like say if I played in Bethlehem, I get a request from the Bethlehem area, Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton. I would get, I'm like, wow, did these people see me play? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I didn't want to not, um, I didn't want to not um, friend them. And um, so now I'm like in the process of weeding some of that out. But um, so what was my point? My point was that with the algorithm, even though I may have had, um, may have had like, say like 3000 um, friends on Facebook, I was getting a, you know, tiny, um, a pessimistic <laughs> outlook for my gig turnout. You know, it was like, you know, one person, Yay. You know, like, yeah. How does that work? I mean, how did that happen? That's so what they want you to do is they want you to run ads. Yeah. So as soon as you stop feeding them, you know, funding your, your ads, then you get cut off. And, and I agree. So that's I a drastic. That's what happens. Yes. That's a drastic difference for you then. Yeah. Um, really drastic. Yeah. So that's the trick. I mean, that's, um, the TikTok is one of the, ways to, you know, add potential listeners and like record companies. Now, I don't know if they're looking at it right now, but six months ago they were, mm -hmm. um, it was a hot thing. And, um, so like, so I think that's pretty good. Like TikTok, um, unless it gets banned here, but, um, cause it's only a short segment of a song that you need. And, yeah. um, I've had some friends who they put, my well, one friend puts like, not every one of his songs, but he puts a lot of songs on TikTok. And he had one up there for a couple of years that he never expected anyone to do anything with. He just put it up there because he wasn't doing anything else with it. Mm -hmm. That song has the most hits. Yeah. One that he didn't expect. So with all that we've said, um, 
you know, you have to take steps and you have to make an effort. I'm sorry I'm chuckling because I have, I have a cat telling me <laughs> I haven't been fed yet. <laughs> sorry. Please so, continue. Sorry. With all that said, like that you said, like all the work and the ads and this and that, um, you can, you know, feel like you have a hit song or something or something that's going to be popular. That might not be the song that might put you over the top. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes, um, and then there's this thing that's called authentic, you know, these sync music supervisors are looking for music. Oh, what are you looking for? Oh, it has to be authentic. And it's like, well, I mean, I'm not sure what that means, but I think I do, but you know, what it means for me might not be what it means for you. So, um, so you have all these things thrown around at you and, mm-hmm. but I think that's the key. I think it's something that's authentic that people feel and it just translates. Yes. So it's like a gut feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So it might not be the one that you want, but you may already have it and you just haven't promoted it or, you know, you're promoting yeah. a different song. Just a little time, which is the song that I wrote with John Taglieri that we won the Josie for. We won Best Modern Country Song by a, a female vocalist, oh. I think in 2017. So it was a little bit ago. But for some reason, it's it's at the top of the charts of, of some Southern Country radio, right? Hmm. That, I just found out a couple of days ago that it is, it is part of... The sync, um, some sync submission that Westwood Music has out there, but no oh. one has has bought it yet. They still could, they still could. So it's in a library, music library. It's in the library, yeah. so it's definitely there. So that's yeah. good, and that song's very authentic. I mean, it really does kind of that. That's that was a good one. That I kind of feel like that was a good one. So who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but what I can say is that I know that for for me, there there have been songs that I've written that have been therapeutic for people who have been going through a tough time. So that kind of hits home to me. Hits so much. I, I you know it's it's easy because I have I've really come to terms with the fact that if I manipulate the marketing and the money, I can get hits if I want them. Well, what's that do for me? But what for for me, what is um, what means a lot to me is if somebody tells me that the song actually helped me through a breakup. You know, I have that I've had a, a couple comments like that from songs that that we've written, and um, I don't know. That's that's kind of I want to touch people. Yeah. I I want to touch people, and I forgot about how it feels to be on the receiving end of that until recently. I, I have been watching, uh, I'm going to wind up plugging this show, but Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, oh my God, I fell in love with that series and I fell in love with the music oh, okay. in it. Fabulous, fabulous. So so that was nice to feel that rekindled again. So I'm kind of um, putting that, I'm trying to put that back into my songwriting again, like right now. So, you know, it's it's... To me, it's about helping people and changing lives and, you know, 
and uplifting their parties. You know, I'm still going out and, and performing at people's events and, and so forth. And I do have a public show coming up on July 4th. I'm going to be um, sitting in with Swingman and the Misfit Mutts in Ramsey, New Jersey. So <laughs> keeping all that live performance going, too. Awesome. So, you know, I mean, I, I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you get some sync licenses and, and get a great payday out of it. Um, you know, for 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 me, I'm I'm looking to do all of the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still performing, but um, I have some new music coming out. Um, hopefully, one in June, and um, and then another follow up uh, weeks later. I'm not sure exactly when. Probably in August, but um, it'll ultimately become a full album, like next year or sometime early next year. Oh, great. Um, I look forward to hearing it. But uh, I've been working on my own engineering, recording engineering. And mm -hmm. so, because I, um, well, I have time. I just don't have the energy to do it. But um, so I've been, so it's been slow, a slow process for me. But that's yeah. what I've been focused on, focusing on the last couple of years. Um, yeah, well, that's great. Um, so, now, are you still playing at the shore, or you were with a place somewhere in Red Bank? I think or? I was in the Red Bank Blues Band for a period. Blues of Band, time. Okay. Um, okay. Paul Bracco, who founded the band, unfortunately um, had to take a step back from it because he's dealing with um, some health issues of his own, and he is active with the Light of Day Foundation. So, okay. it wouldn't um, he would not mind me saying he he stepped away from it because he does have Parkinson's. And so, unfortunately, we didn't play Light of Day this past year um, because he wasn't well enough to do it. We are hoping that next January we'll be able to. Um, we'd like to reband. You know, we get together for a few rehearsals and we reband and then we do the Wonder Bar as part of Light of Day with okay. Paul. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that um, that he's well enough to be able to do that. That would be lovely. We love him and. The Red Bank Blues Band was a really great experience. I wound up meeting um, Darren Johnson and Mark Fahad, who are both from the Red Bank area, and I have a single out with them right now um, with their group called Omega Train. So okay. yeah, the song is called Endless Possibilities. So if anybody wants the track, all you have to <laughs> do is go to my website. See over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> my website. Awesome. There's a little call to action box there, and you can read about um, Omega Train, who these guys are, um, and we're probably having a video release sometime soon. Um, we want to do it in person, and it'll be a, a digital event as well. So nice. it's something over the summer, so we're trying to figure out where, when. There will be food. We will bribe you all to arrive by giving <laughs> you food. <laughs> I was wondering if I saw you at Light of Day Wonder Bar. Well, this was, I think this was 2019, maybe. Probably. We were still doing it with Paul then. Um, geez, there was a lot of people there, a lot of popular people. So maybe you guys were there. Yeah, it's I'm just trying to think of if I saw you. Um, well, maybe you weren't on, there on the same night either. I think it was a Friday night. Um, yeah, that's the year I got sick and I was supposed to play Stone Pony. Oh. I had a spot at the Stone Pony. And I told the one guy that booked me, um, called him up and said, Hey, you know, I, I don't think I can, I'm not sure I can play because I had just gotten sick. Yeah. And, um, 
like literally like the week before. And um, I ended up playing at the Wonder Bar, but it was a great time, great night for a light of day. And we always go out for that yeah. um, to uh, Asbury Park. And um, what else was I going to say something else about? Oh, so here's one of these things like, like you always have to be prepared, right? So of course I have more than three songs or whatever, but when I got out there for the Wonder Bar, like we were doing, I, was, I think it was the open mic, the Wonder Bar, or no, that that wasn't the open mic. It was something else. It was a different performance at, at the Wonder Bar. But anyway, because they we were they were switching bands between bands and solo, and I went solo performers. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I forgot how many songs I did. I might have done five songs. Yeah, they were short sets. And so I don't know why people were reacting and people were dancing. And so I was having a good time, but I had, I was in pain and I had to stand up and something happened. The people, the way people were reacting, I must've had an adrenaline rush. Yeah. And I was like, I, I can't say euphoric, but I mean, you know, I was, I was feeling it and all of a sudden I didn't have pain. I stood there without, I was getting cramps. I didn't get any cramps. I could play. And then I'm like, Oh wow, I got through this. And I finished my set and the sound guy goes, Oh, Hey, can you do a couple more? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So so, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's the time that they asked me to play more. Right. Right. When I got sick. So it's just, you know, one of those things, that's the way things happen. You know what I mean? So I guess my point is like, you have to be prepared, but I had a teacher in New York, a mentor, New York, um, a coach. And, um, she told us, um, never say no because you don't know where the opportunity is going to lead. That is so, true. Yeah. Yep. So I've carried that too. So I could have said, no, I'm sick and I can't do any, but I did it. But then when I left the stage and I went to bring my guitar out to my car, I could hardly walk (laughs) again. Yeah. Well, Paul can relate. Paul Bracco can relate. Yeah. Well, it's not, you know, what he has. I mean, that's, um, I'm not trying to compare that, but, uh, you know, that's, so I'm, yeah. So I wish him, wish him the best. My uncle had Parkinson's, I think. I will. I will. We need to get together with him. John, John, um, my husband was the bass player in the band. Oh, so, so that was that was a nice few year stint, you know, down in that area with all the people down in that Red Bank. Asbury oh, I love Red Park Bank area. Oh my God, the people yeah. in the bands down there so amazingly fun, and it was a very rich experience. I I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, well, I was scheduled to do. Um red bank porch fest last year but my son is getting married he's getting married in october this year but he um had his engagement party i think on the same day so i had to end up canceling that but you just said porch fest and it reminded me that on june 9th i'm doing the bridgewater sing-off that's the only thing i wanted to really plug oh cool so Bridgewater Sing-Off, it'll be happening at the Bridgewater um, High School in the auditorium. 
and there'll be some talented young people and I'll be one of the judges. Oh, wow. That'll be so much fun. (laughs) I used to do New Jersey Idol years ago. Really? And so it's been, it's, it's been a while since I've done this, but it's, it's really nice to see these young people coming up and be able to give them some, you know, direction and advice and see what their strengths are. Amazing, amazing talent comes out of these things. Yeah, well, I liked, I really liked what you did. You came out, I saw you at Havana. I saw you, you know, sing more than once, but I mean, when you came out to Havana, I got to see your band or the band at the time. And um, yeah, you were really good. Um, your stage presence was, was great. Um, you mentioned stage presence. So I really like that. So I have to get out and see you again and at some, some point, but, um, so, um, well, we're, we've been on this for at least an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, (laughs) believe it or not, like that. Yeah. That was awesome. So, um, do you have anything that you'd like to say? Um, you gave some good advice. So I usually ask that, but you already did that. So um, unless you want to say it again, some more advice for people, uh, indie artists coming up. Um, or do you have anything to say to um, your fans or potential fans? So to indie artists coming up, you really just one of the best things that you want to do is connect with your heart and just understand what you're trying to say to people in your music and, um, and enjoy it because it's really we can get into the grind of wearing all those hats like I was talking about and get sometimes the marketing part of it can get a little frustrating. Don't lose touch with the music. The music is what is really important. That's what comes from your heart and that's what the people are hoping to connect with. So that's that. And who are the other people that, that I was fans or like listeners or potential fans my listeners you guys are awesome there are some of you who have been some with me since i mean like the i don't want to say the 80s but yes you all know how old i am since the 80s yes you were two years old i was two but yet you you listen to that baby singing i want to thank you all and i thank you for the requests that, that you're still doing at radio for songs that you know, some of it, me and my co-writers have forgotten we wrote and we go back and we listen to them again and we get to enjoy um, kind of feeling that process and what it what it's like to dig in and, and create those things. They come they come from a deep part in our souls. And when you enjoy that and you connect with it, too, you, you help us to understand that we're doing something universal that everybody loves. Awesome. Yeah. And now, how do we pronounce your last name? Is it Coppola? No, it's Coppola. All right, that's what I that's what I thought. Yeah. See, I knew if I asked you either way, <laughs> I was going to be wrong because <laughs> I think of you as Lisa Coppola. So yes, it so, is Coppola. Okay, so we have uh, Lisa Coppola, and um, we can find you on lisacoppola.com. Yes. And all my other, you know, links are there if you want to check out the YouTube or the Spotify or the, you know, title or whatever. Social media. Yeah, all the social media is right there. But awesome. I really, I live on Facebook mostly. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, cool. that's my kind of my home because I'm old. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I'm not sure if we were going to do something together, but maybe we can do something together. I would love uh, that. Sometime in the near future. Good. Um, put it on your album. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and we'll be listening. You have uh, what? What's your next song coming out again? 
So the song that is out as as it's out right now is called Endless Possibilities. Okay. So it's it's actually a song about a horse. It's wow. not, you know, like a philosophical kind of song. It's about riding a horse named Endless Possibilities, but it's the lyrics are written as such so you kind of can't it could be an interchangeable meaning. And the song was written by Mark Fahad and Darren Johnson. Darren Johnson is in uh, Moroccan Sheep Herders, and he's a great singer, and he sings on it with me. So it's almost a duet, almost. Oh, cool. But, um, yeah, it's it's a really great track, so I hope you enjoy it. Awesome. And that we can find that on all streaming platforms? All streaming platforms. And um, probably links on your website. Yes. There's a and... call to action box, like, right in your face. Because I'm not subtle in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I thank you so much for having me. I had a great time having this conversation with you. And who knows, maybe we can do a collaboration in the future. That would be fun. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming out and uh, doing this tonight. And um, I've had you on my list for a while. I don't remember if I reached out to you, but um, you're always busy. And when I when I reached out to you before, you, you got really busy. So I think that's pre-pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, well, I hope to see you again in person soon. Okay. And take care. Yeah, you and too. Good luck with your song. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. For more information on the web, Lisa Coppola.com, L I S A C O P P O L A, on social media, Lisa Coppola. And her music is available on all streaming platforms. For more information about Pat Foran, you can look up Pat Foran Music on the web or go to patforanmusic.com. You can find me on Instagram, pat.foran, and also on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap with Pat Foran.